Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning for those who want to be in God's Word, but maybe they cannot be with us or maybe with any group of the Lord's Church in person. Now, we know that even in the Omaha area, not everybody can be with us at the times that we meet for worship service and for Bible classes all through the week, Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Bible class, 10.30 for worship, Sunday evening at 10.30 for, I'm I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening for another period of worship and Bible study, and then Wednesday evenings at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. But they want to be in God's Word. Now, also, there are people who listen to our podcasts all across the country and literally around the world. And people want to study God's Word. And this is a way that we can reach out and teach God's Word through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We can do that all over the world, help people everywhere, wherever they have access to the Internet. So we're thankful to have this means and ability and opportunity, and we're thankful that you're there and that you want to study, and we're thankful that we're here and that we can help you along that line. Now, we encourage you to also share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, and we encourage you to tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the click on the podcast link and then sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose this every day, every every Sunday, Sunday morning Bible class, also a Sunday eve uh, a Wednesday evening Bible class all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday daily radio program that we call Search the Scriptures, but also a a seven-day-a-week, in other words, every single day, a short Bible study that we call today's Bible class. It's usually only about 13 or 14 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So take advantage of this yourself and tell everybody else to do so as well. We want to help as many people as we can learn God's word and thereby grow in their faith in him and come to him through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. We hope this will help you. We pray that it will and many others as well. Now, let's get back into our study in the book of Judges. And if you have been studying along with us, I mean, you realize that we've already covered a great deal of the opening books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and we're coming more toward the end of the book of, Ju- uh, of, of Judges. Now, the book of Judges is named that way because, as we've emphasized, there was no kind of, as we'd say, national king over the nation of Israel for hundreds of years after God led them to the promised land and gave them that land. So that became the nation of Israel. But the land was divided into sections according to the tribes, the, tw- the 12 tribes of Israel, and actually the two half-tribes of, of uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, so the land was divided, and 
each section kind of, you get the impression they kind of govern themselves and, and, and they kind of, you know, were a little bit segregated, and that's not the best word probably, but they were kind of an entity to themselves and, and all the different inheritance sections of the land, you know, were kind of taken and guided and worked and so on by the various tribes uh, to which they had been given as their inheritance. Well, so no universal king over the nation of Israel, not for hundreds of years. And that was the way God wanted it to be. He wanted to be their king, but the people continued to have problems. Now, it was not unique to once they had occupied and defeated and driven out most of the inhabitants of the land initially, it was not unique that they were having problems with the practice of idolatry, the worship of idols. It did not just all of a sudden spring upon them and now they started doing that. It had been a part of their history for hundreds of years prior. When they were living in the land of Egypt, they were taken they were taking up the worship of idols that was common to the people of that land. But even before then, they still, they were having problems. You can go back through the Genesis account and you can see that popping up along the way. And so here they are, God has given them this land and they still are having problems with the worship of idols, along with, in their mind at least, the worship of God. So when we read in Judges chapter 17 of a man named Micah, Micah, this is not the prophet Micah, whose book we see in the, along the minor prophets toward the end of the Old Testament uh, books, but this was simply a man of Israel named Micah. And we saw in the 17th chapter that his mother, he and his mother were exchanging some, some money and she wanted, she wanted to uh, dedicate, to have fashioned. And, and, and maybe we can understand that she wanted to do this by way of honoring God and worshiping God by having an image manufactured from silver. Verse 4 says... Um, Verse 4 says, he returned the silver to his mother. Then his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the silversmith, and he made, into, he made it into a carved image and a molded image, and they were in the house of Micah. Hmm. And then verse 5 says, then Micah had a shrine and made an ephod and household idols, and he consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. So it was very common, but it was absolutely in contradiction and in disobedience to, the, to God's law that many people within Israel had idols that they worshiped. Now, some of them may have been in their minds idols of the true God, as might have been the case in, in this situation with this woman, the mother of this man named Micah. But Micah himself had idols in his own house and apparently worshiped through them in his mind at least. Now, when we go back to Exodus chapter 20, when we read the original 10 commandments, the very first one goes into great detail condemning the practice of idols. 
of worshiping through idolatry. Beginning with verse 1, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now somebody might say, well, maybe, maybe they were simply making idols that would help them in their mind at least worship God through those idols. God went on in verse 4 of Exodus chapter 20. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Well, so the practice of using idols as icons of worship was absolutely condemned by God. And yet the Israelites, many of them, continued to have problems with this. But God is spirit. He's not in physical form. And we need to recognize that he is spirit. And so there is no image that we could possibly manufacture that would do justice to his true being. He is spirit, invisible to the physical naked eye. But at the same time, most of the people in the world at this time, when we're reading in the book of Judges, they worshiped idols that were not dedicated to God at all. They were worshiped idols that were just figments of their imagination, made up, uh, all kinds of different statues and images. And this, this was a focus on their part away from God. And if so if the people of Israel, if they would, if they would take in idols and even if they would say, well, this is, this is an image that, that in our mind it signifies God, that would open the door. Even that would open the door for them to get caught up in the worship of the idols of their neighbors all around them, those who did not believe in God, other peoples of other nations, and they would start worshiping their idols. And that actually happened. Now, let's pick up with chapter 18. So Micah, this man Micah, he, he's caught up in the practice of idol worship. And his example influences other Israelites to follow suit. Chapter 18, in those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in, for until that day their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtaal, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. While they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? Where, what are you doing in this place? What do you have here? Now remember, going back to chapter 17, 
Micah took in this young Levite, and this was supposed to be the priestly tribe among Israel, uh, and and he he brought him in and basically you know made him his live-in priest. And so here are these men from Dan, they're Danites. They're, that's one of the tribes of Israel, Dan, and they're asking, "Why are you here? What do you have here?" Speaking to this Levite, he said to them, "Thus and so, Micah did for me." He has hired me, and I have become his priest. So they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. So they they recognize him as a priest and ask him to pray to God. So and the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord will be with uh, the presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtael, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So we've sent you out to spy, find us a piece of land that we could take as our inheritance. What what have you found out? Verse 9, so they said, arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not, do not, uh, let me get the right page here, do not hesitate to go and enter to possess, to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people in a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And 600 men from the families, uh, from the family of the Danites went with, uh, went from there, from Zorah and Eshtael, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and encamped in Kirjath, Jerem, in Judah. Therefore, they call that place Mahana Dan, to this day, there it is west of kirjath Jerem, And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image and a molded image? Now therefore consider what you should do. Uh, Why would that give them pause? (laughs) So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, the molded image. The priest stood at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When these men went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? Now, they've taken these idols, in other words, and here's the priest. He's asking, what are you doing? They said to him, be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us. It is better for you to be a priest to the household of one man. I'm sorry, is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man 
or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel. So the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod, the household idols, the carved image, and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the gods, uh, rather the goods, in front of them. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the house, in the houses near Micah's house, gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you that you have gathered such a company? So he said, You have taken away my gods, lowercase g. Interesting, interesting. He said, You've taken away my gods, my idols my idols. Huh. Interesting. He should have known better. You have taken away my gods, my idols, which I made, and the priest, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me, what ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. Now, understand, these men of Dan, one of the tribes of Israel, they didn't take the idols to destroy them, to correct the situation. They took the idols to possess them, to carry with them. Verse 27, we go on. So they took the things Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him and went to Laish, to a people quiet and secure, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob, so they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. And they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan, their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves. Now get this. The children of Dan, now these are Israelites. Remember, they've got a Levite, a Levite who they recognize as a priest. And he's supposed to be the priestly tribe of Levi. And they're supposed to see to the proper worship of God according to his will. The children of Dan set up for themselves for themselves, the carved image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. One man's influence can cause a whole lot of people to either follow God or to turn away from God. To either be true followers or to be corrupt in their spiritual lives. We need to be careful about our influence upon others, and we need to be careful about whose influence we follow. We need to stay true to God all the time. And we need to be students of his word 
to be able to do that effectively. We'll pick up with chapter 19 next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to keep our eyes open and our hearts secure in following you and to not be taken in even by what might seem to be attractive teachings, but that those teachings are contradictory and disobedient to your word. Help us be faithful followers of you, Father, and be the right influence upon everyone around us along that line. We pray for souls. We pray for our souls. Please be merciful with us, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.